Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Liquid television. And welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. And finally, with me again is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Broken limbs. Why tonight? <laughs> Bear with me. And the awe inspiring Chris Randazzo. I know you're going to dig this. <laughs> Now, I say awe-inspiring because before you guys <laughs> took off, <laughs> you know, went out and decided to have another child. Congratulations, by the way. She is lovely. Thanks. We like her. Um, you, you, you dropped this, this that you wanted to do liquid television. And mm-hmm. I hadn't seen liquid television at 15 years. Is that safe to say? Is that what, uh, yeah, when safe was, to say. When was it? Originally aired June of 1991, so yeah. Yeah, 15 years. After watching it again, I, I was like, oh, why am I watching this again? <laughs> I, I, di- I didn't remember it being like this. So, Chris... Well, to be fair, the majority of what... Where this show really got most of its popularity and most of the episodes that people saw more than anything else were in the second season uh second season was where the show really found its footing found it found its stride if you will winter steel had leveled out you had stuff like bobby and billy beavis and butthead Um, that's right a lot of major major cartoons came out and movies and stuff came out of liquid television yep which is pretty impressive I hate to correct you, but 1991 was 25 years ago. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. And Chris is laughing at my, like, jaw drop face that I just did. I mean, I was just saying that I just, I'm also uh, laughing because I was just saying that, yes, 15 years is ago. a reasonable amount of time because it was 25 years ago. <laughs> you see, so you're trying to cover up the fact that you didn't realize, like you did, you you knew that it was 25, but you were just saying that it was 15 to make me feel better because I, honest to God, thought 91 was 15, was 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought you oh. hadn't seen it in 15 years. In one, like, well, in that's one phrase, one small couple of words tagged together, I now feel older than I've felt in years. Should I go back on maternity leave? <laughs> Do you feel older than you felt in 15 years or 25 years? Ah, we're funny. Aha. It's amazing how I totally forgot the 2010 year span there. Totally just... No, it wasn't very memorable. <laughs> no, not a lot happened. Not a lot happened. So, honestly, so yes, 25 years. I hadn't seen this show in 25 years because I don't remember consciously watching it in reruns or like anything like that i watched the first run on mtv thought it was ridiculously awesome and then moved about like just said okay 
caught a couple of movies afterwards. Maybe Beavis and Butthead. I was never a big Beavis and Butthead fan. But See, the, when you started to say ridiculously, I thought you were going to stop and just use it as an adjective and not as an <laughs> adverb phrase. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. It just we we apparently have differing opinions on this show tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think I'm in the minority. Well, all right. Let's let's let, all right, Chris, go. Explain. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if Liquid it can television. be explained. Please. <laughs> this is this is about the this is this is how I would explain Liquid Television. This is one of MTV's earliest attempts to do television that wasn't music videos. And um, to some degree, this might seem extraordinarily bizarre, but when you really break it down to what this show is, is it's um, it's small, short, independent films, uh, mostly animation, uh, which is what music videos largely were at the time. So these are essentially music videos without the music. They're intensely bizarre, uh, ridiculously <laughs> creative, um, and... This is also the pilot episode, so some of the stuff is definitely hit or miss. I picked this episode specifically because of its hit or miss nature and because it's such an interesting piece of television and also because it starts off by saying, this is liquid television. I know you're going to dig this. (laughs) And you wanted to use that in the opening of this episode. I understand. (laughs) It just always makes me smile, but it's... it's, um, so what it is, is it's a series of animated shorts, mostly animated, all kinds of different forms of animation, be it stop motion animation, paper crafting, uh, traditional animation, whatever. Uh, and they're all kind of connected together with these um, weird little segments of, uh, I guess, liquid television. There's no other way to put it. It's the uh, There's a bottle of TVs made of liquid <laughs> that float around, and it's like you're in this bottle throughout the course of the entire episode. Well, that um, and those, um, was it static or was it liquid? The, the lips, the eye, the... the that's, all, that's, that's all supposed to be liquid. It's a little hard to tell, and the, okay. the, the version that we got uh, to watch is yeah, not this was a very high-quality recording. This was a tough one to acquire. <laughs> yeah, because um, the other piece of this is, is much like a lot of other old MTV shows, there is so much rights and properties tied up in these this should this would be impossible to, to get DVD, yeah. to actually like sell in any way shape or form it would just be impossible so the way this show has been released over the years is on a series of um there were two volumes of vhs tapes the best of liquid television um and then there was a dvd called wet shorts which had all of the stuff from both vhs tapes together but the reason I didn't want to do any of those is because when the shows actually aired, there were there were transitions that kind of tied these things together more or less. Um, not really tied them together through any kind of like storyline per se, but you know the lips would say things like "You're now about to witness the strength of Eon Flux," <laughs> and those little kind of things would connect. Those little pieces of connective tissue would bring you from one thing to the next, and that's lost when you have the best of stuff. The compilation. Exactly, because it's just short, short, and then they'll occasionally throw in one of those little, you know, lips talking out of the liquid, but they don't connect anything. They're just randomly there. So I love the way this original episode works because the way the show always works is that they take 
something that would have just kind of regularly been on MTV. Now, you have to remember that at this time, MTV was doing those really weird animated commercials, you know, the things that turned into the MTV logo in some way, shape, or form. Like, on this one, they had uh, the dude sitting in the chair getting his hair cut by a little, yes, that, like a little skeleton yeah, that was, um, thing. The version that we have uh, has a couple of those commercials actually still cut into it, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty fun. Those weren't actually part of this show, but when this show aired, that was a regular thing to see on, on MTV, that or a music video. Mm-hmm. So the uh, start of the first episode <laughs> is uh, Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love music video. It just starts playing, and then it gets all distorted and funky, and it swirls into the opening cinematic, I guess, from, like the intro to Liquid Television. So and they would do this for every single episode. There would be something different. There was like a a John Denver video. There was just some weird piece of animation. It was always something different, and it would always just distort and warp into the swirling liquid televisions into the bottle, and then that's the way they'd start the show. As a kid watching this in 1991, (laughs) I was 10 years old when this came out, and it was just the most awesome thing I had ever seen. And the music is just incredible. The the theme song is done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who was, um, remember, he's he's the guy responsible for Devo. He did (laughs) all of the... um, the scores to the Wes Anderson movies like Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, like this guy's amazing. He did the Rugrats theme song, which <laughs> nice. okay. That that's an incredible piece of music. Like say what you will about the show itself, the Rugrats theme itself is so amazingly complex and simple at the same time. It's it's a it's an incredible piece of music. I feel like he did stuff for the X Files too. Yes, I'm fairly certain he did stuff for X-Files. He may have written the theme. The theme, yeah. He may have written the theme for X-Files. I'm not positive. Dude has been everywhere. And this is one of my, like, this is, if I had to do a top 10 TV show theme songs, this is all time for me. This is easily top five, maybe even top three. Love this theme song. Side note, when I uh, actually put these episodes onto my computer, I use a program to put all the metadata in for iTunes and mm-hmm. each episode has a full description like I just happen to click on epi- season one episode two includes the following cartoons John Denver opening so that's oh, the- there you go. <laughs> and then it says winter steel psychogram invisible hand stick figure theater psych like it it gives me every bit of information except for like director <laughs> like it just it's weird the information that it's given because there's very little to be found like if you try to find this on imdb there's mm-hmm. there's nothing there's no images. which i find extremely interesting because the people who do imdb they've got credit information for just about everything mm-hmm. And every single thing in Liquid Television is thoroughly credited at the end of each episode. Yes. Like, the the ending, even the ending credits are interesting to look at because it, it just flashes to all little televisions swirling around, and then the basic show credits, and then each thing that was in the show, mm-hmm. a little TV will pop up and go up to the front of the screen and give the list of every single credit involved... For, for every little short yep. that was involved in it. And it's really interesting to me when I went to IMDb that none of this stuff has been recorded. Yeah, literally absolutely nothing. No, no, like, it, it everything is filled in with, do you know about, do you know the plot of this? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, plot? That's kind of hard to describe. <laughs> so, anywho, sorry. 
Side note Anywho, over. So, <laughs> yeah, side note over. So, and then it, it, th- that's the basics of this show. Um, for this first episode, you had um, the first thing that shows the first sketch on liquid television is soap opera. <laughs> and it's. It made my night that it elicited a chuckle from Karen when it showed up because I was like, "All right, that's all I needed. I needed one laugh out of Karen, and I got it." So, and it's a genuinely funny gag. It's it's soap opera, and it looks like a cheesy soap opera. And then they start showing all the characters, and they're bars of soap. And wait, not just bars. There's a bottle of soap. There's, there's a, a bottle soap on a rope. <laughs> Mike, the microphone-shaped soap on a rope, and. I know one of them was Irish Spring, but he had an Irish name. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick. There it is. <laughs> Mike and Deandra. Uh, and it just played out like a really cheesy soap opera with some really terrible soap puns in it, and it was great. Yeah, the the, the episode of the soap opera title was a steamy scene, and then it started with the faucet of really hot water. <laughs> it was fantastic, that episode. I think yes, that's what made me laugh. It was great. And it um they soap opera comes back a couple of times i think there were maybe three or four episodes of soap opera entirety it didn't get past season one mm-hmm. they didn't reprise soap opera in season two which made me sad well oh. i mean <laughs> lightning it's in a, a bottle good joke but it's kind of a one-note joke <laughs> but the, that was the thing is they they kept making it work with that because they used all the different characters you know they only used a couple of them in this one and then the episode with patrick he's got this super thick ridiculous <laughs> irish accent and it's one of the bars of soap is going to drown and another one jumps in after. <laughs> uh, I like the one where they were, you know, they were, one was seducing the other one and then like her rapper came <laughs> on. <laughs> Consorting with a liquid half her age. Oh, goodness. So then we have our first, I don't know if I'd even call it a miss. You have something called Buzzbox, which is like, Oh, a bunch of sounds and weird images. There's like, there's nothing to say about this thing, but it was a, th- it was enough of a thing to get a credit. It's called Buzzbox. Well, they did, it was dumb. They did Buzzbox a couple of times in the first season, didn't they? I don't. Okay, think so. Maybe I don't know. I barely remember. That's the thing. It goes by. It's a couple of seconds long, and it's just like it, it's just background noise. To okay. Me. So then you move on to Grinning Evil Death, which. I, I adore this animated short. I, I love it. I love the animation style of it. It's got really old CG, but is this the a, one with the kid? Yeah, this is the one with the kid. Okay, he's uh, he's sitting there watching TV and this Captain is a sarcastic. <laughs> okay, buckle up, kids. This is a two-part segment. Yeah, this this comes back later in the show. That's also something Liquid Television would do from time to time: is start something and then come back to it like later in the episode. Um, much like Psychogram, yeah, which is one of my favorite things ever. Well, this but, uh, one, this one had, um, well, at least it, I guess you, we may talk about it later in the second half. But there were two distinct styles of digital animation in this this short. Yeah, and it's amazing how the variety of art. I mean, whether it be good or bad, the 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 it covers every bit in this show. Yeah. Like, nothing was skipped, so that's very impressive. Fun thing about Grinning Evil Death is that they used to play this at the Franklin Institute. (laughs) 
just a bit of it. Like, not the part where Captain Sarcastic gets ruthlessly murdered and blood splats on the screen. I'm but, uh, so scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a, little, it's a story of a little kid sitting on the couch eating cereal, a uh, cereal called Mighty O's. And uh, there's a free ring of Sargon in every box, and then a meteor crashes towards Earth, maiming, disfiguring <laughs> most of the people you know. <laughs> Have a nice day. And um, uh, so he pulls, he gets the, the ring of Sargon out of the cereal and it turns him into a superhero. And no, he goes, it just gives him an outfit. <laughs> goes to jump out the window and he falls. <laughs> It's it's all very amusing, but he it's like the thing they showed at the Franklin Institute is that he would go up to the there's a giant robotic bug walking around that comes out of the meteor and he pulls a can of Raid on it and the thing falls over and it's that's cute and yeah. clever and that's where it well, ends at the Franklin Institute. Yes, okay. yeah, it doesn't move on. I can to him. see why they would put that in the Franklin Institute though, because you know, silly as as the the short itself is it is an interesting mix of hand drawn and computer animation exactly it's probably yeah. one of the earliest examples it is yeah. and also of also of just like the ingenuity of a kid you know mm-hmm. yeah take not, bug spray to a giant metallic bug why not it's, not to mention he then rips open the the, the cover of the the hatch of the bug and there's an actual bug inside <laughs> of it operating inside. like all levers and stuff to make the big giant robot bug work. and this is what makes me so sad about what we watched is that bug has just this great maniacal laugh that you couldn't hear I, on our voice as, <laughs> as you so say great. that I in my head I was thinking the only thing this episode was missing was a laughter of some sort or a scream or something from that bug I'm I'm upset to know that that was actually there and our recording didn't get it yeah it was it made me sad that we couldn't really hear that because it's it's just this adorable little maniacal laughter going on Mm -hmm. so grinning evil death is great um psychogram which we mentioned before is something that went through i believe the first two seasons to liquid television and it's just postcards (laughs) but narrate they pieced together to narrate a ridiculous ridiculous story okay the most random <laughs> postcards ever yeah just none of which have ridiculous. anything to do with each other and but this- they somehow weave them together into this story about some sort of sex change serum <laughs> with positive results i was like what but i had a bad reaction <laughs> i just love the delivery of this crazy crazy person that's reading all these things Crazy, uh, crazy person. One of my favorites. Uh, then we have the premiere of Eon Flux. Ah, I love this. This was... Uh, I, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with Eon Flux because when it's funny and ultra-violent, I feel like it does that very well. Mm-hmm. And this first episode did that really Holy well. Shit. Like, the scene, the very last scene of this Eon Flux where she runs down the hallway <laughs> firing her machine guns into the air and literally hundreds of bodies start falling <laughs> down behind her is hilarious. The amount of but... bullets and bodies in this short, short cartoon <laughs> is astro- uncountable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I actually, that's what when, I, when I first watched this episode, there's a scene... Where she does a lot of crouching and avoiding, and mm-hmm. there's this walkway above her, and she fires towards the walkway to get a guy to come out. 
And then she shoots the guy with a, a grappling hook bullet that goes into him, and he falls, and it pulls her up. Now, yeah. when I first saw that, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if she <laughs> shot him, he would just fall over, and the rope would come down with him. Upon second viewing, I realized that they actually did this. She shoots him through Under the railing. The railing. Yeah. <laughs> he then flips over the top. So, mechanically... It would work. <laughs> yes, it was mechanically sound. But when, when the rope gets shot, she's about to fall, stretches out her leg just far enough to weave her foot into the railing and just flip herself over. There's a lot of absurdity in Eon Flux. And yeah, Eon like Flux eventually... <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is Peter Chung animation where everyone has to wear a codpiece, which is... <laughs> Cod that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> it is grotesque. There's a lot of weird sexual stuff later in Eon Flux that's just unnerving. Mm -hmm. But um, in the first season of Eon Flux, it followed a story. It wasn't like it's super coherent story, but there's no dialogue in it. No. And then any Eon Flux that aired on Liquid Television, there was zero dialogue. Like maybe one or two lines or the occasional grunt. And that's what made it really interesting was that they were telling a story with rampant violence and the occasional grunt. Like, well, it was a no completely dialogue. visual story. But was it me or was there also music behind this sketch where the guy was singing about like what a badass she was? Or am I crazy? They're very well. No, that, no, that, no. no. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the the all the all the music. There is a central theme to Eon Flux that plays through most of these. I could the the sound was so muffled. I could mm -hmm. totally understand where you think that that might have been what you were hearing. It was the because rhythmic it, drumming of bullets firing and piercing bodies yeah. that turned into music. <laughs> so obviously, was, um, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, obviously, Eon Flux is probably one of the more memorable, famous things that came out of Liquid Television. And it's, you know, something I remember being aware of. I never really watched this show. It was This came out at a time when we didn't have MTV in my house. Um, but I was aware of Eon Flux, and I never really got it. And as I'm <laughs> seeing this, like, you know, inception of this character and this concept and everything, like, all I wrote down was... Why is she mostly naked? Who are these guys? And why is she shooting them? <laughs> and that right there is what made that interesting, because those were the same questions I had. And they start to sort of answer that throughout the course of the season, but they only give you just barely enough information to make you think you're figuring out what's going on. And that was what was really fun about watching Eon Flux for the first time through this, was trying to piece together the mystery of... Exactly. Who are these people? What are these warring factions? What is going on? <laughs> why, why is this happening? Uh, and with each progressing episode, you got a little bit more and more about it. Uh, but then at the end of the first season, Eon Flux dies. And then for the second season, she dies in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The second season of Eon Flux is all one-off episodes that have no linking to each other at all whatsoever. And uh, she dies at the end of every episode. <laughs> Wow. And then she got her own show on MTV where there were lots of dialogue and it just got really, really weird. Uh, I believe the first, the a big chunk of the first season took place inside some dude's stomach. Uh, it was, well, it was gross and it, it was not the opening good. <laughs> for this short 
is the fly getting caught in her eyelashes and the sound even though it was Ugh, muffled of the eyeball because yeah, is her gross. eye is open and the the eyelash is holding the fly but there's no iris or pupil so the eye rolls and the noise is unnerving yeah it's gross Ooh, uh, that's actually just the intro to eon flux that's right. not just this episode that's yeah. all for all of them that was another thing that put me off of eon flux entirely it was like oh this is gross i don't yeah. even i don't even care what's beyond this i don't want to see this anymore <laughs> and then when i did see what was beyond it was some naked chick running around shooting guys and i had no idea why and i'm like okay i'm done this is uh this i feel is, like i missed ridiculous. something <laughs> i just i i I was Eon Flux, like I said, was always a part of Liquid Television that I was never super comfortable with because there's just some really off-putting stuff in there. And even as a kid, I would look at it and be like, why isn't she wearing anything? Like, she's running into battle wearing a series of leather straps. Like, yeah. this doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't she be wearing armor? But that's like a running thing with me and comic book slash anime characters like <laughs> wow because i was on the completely other side oh my god she's hardly wearing anything and she's killing everyone this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i always thought the hair killing everyone was hilarious but her outfit just and peter chung's animation is just really strange i love that style of animation i don't know why i it, don't either it's absolutely not realistic at all there's i mean it's and it's not even cartoony it's it's, it's very expressive. Yes. Like, there, there, that is one thing I'll say about it. Peter Chung's um, short on the Animatrix collection was really interesting. Oh, yes, that was good. But, I mean, like, they, they had, like, a show like Rain the Conqueror and one, like, again, Eon Flux, the actual show. And I never saw the, the Charlize Theron movie of Eon Flux, but nah. I cannot imagine. She doesn't do I could the never even no, figure <laughs> how they would turn something like that into live action. Well, we'll see how much the mic picks up of 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 this because I'm going to move on to invisible hands. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> invisible hands is hideous. Uh, All right, good. It is not an attractive animation. Um, there's nothing good about it's, it. It's like a yeah, fifth grader wrote a play, and yes. then a bunch of other fourth graders acted it out. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is bad. So when I was a kid, uh-huh. I always enjoyed Invisible Hands because when I saw it and I saw the guy shoot the guy in the chicken costume, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, would you like some punch? <laughs> you didn't answer my question. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? <laughs> and he kills him and goes, ah, satisfaction. <laughs> All right, I'll give it. That was funny. I did laugh at that, but I don't think I was supposed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I've never been able to figure that out. Is this supposed to be funny? Because um, this this keeps going, and they do continue the plot, like, all the way through to the end. Okay. Um, and it's in, in, increasingly bizarre, but, I mean... Ah, satisfaction. I I still use that in my like daily routine of things to quote, which nobody gets because why would they? Um, See, even, but yeah, it, Invisible Hands is is kind of a miss. Even with as bad as this one is, it is still not 
my least favorite. No, yeah, no. There, are, there are two more things in the first episode that I dislike far more than uh, than Invisible Hands because by the time you finish season one, there's a certain charm to Invisible Hands. I'm not going to say it ever actually gets good, but it's vaguely interesting enough and occasionally humorous enough to warrant its place. Yeah, I, it's, okay. I'll have to take your word for that. Yeah, it I mean, was, like, really. It was the one time for this episode in my notes that all I wrote was, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the sweet ever like, fuck was this that? Whole, <laughs> this whole episode of Liquid Television was weird, but this was the thing that made me go, no. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, you explained it perfectly. It's like a, a child wrote something and then it was acted out by other terrible actors. It was... <laughs> But I feel like that was um, seriously. I I, I I go back and forth. I have no idea if this was supposed to be taken seriously or not, and if it's not supposed to be taken seriously, and the fact that it's terrible is part of the gag, then oh, kind of by the time the <laughs> season is done, I I almost get it. But what this was replaced with was a similar type of thing in season two called the Specialists, which is way cooler. Okay, <laughs> so um. Let's move on to uh, my favorite piece of the episode, Lee Press on Limbs. <laughs> okay, so there are three. I, I didn't realize. Okay, yes. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know if one. I'm going these in exact order or not. Well, I'm, um, looking, I'm looking at, at whatever IMDb has, and it lists the like direct who directed and writing credits, but not mm-hmm. for all of the shorts, if you will. There's a couple gotcha. more that I missed here. So, okay. Lee Press on Arms. Limbs. Yes, Lee Press on <laughs> Limbs. This was back when Lee Press on Nails were a thing. I mean, I guess they're still technically a thing. I don't know if Lee still makes them or whatever, but... Uh... <laughs> I have no idea either, actually, and now I want to know. <laughs> Has yeah. the Lee Empire fallen? <laughs> Possibly. And it's 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 just a great gag where um, a woman is standing there holding a turkey, and then both of her arms fall <laughs> off. Okay. Because she starts, broken limbs, she, why tonight? Her arms start to quiver, <laughs> and then this glass-breaking noise, and the turkey or chicken falls to the ground. <laughs> And don't worry, honey. We'll get the Lee Press on limbs, and they just do this whole ridiculous thing where they're they're, they're selling you on Lee Press on limbs. And you just just peel, lick, and stick. <laughs> the Here's licking was the shot of creepiest <laughs> animation ever. <laughs> I don't know. Did you notice this? This goes by really quickly when they they're talking about the Lee Factory in the bottom left hand corner of the screen. There's a monkey with his arm in a guillotine. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> they, they stick one off. off oh, yeah, I saw that. Throw a new one on. <laughs> oh God, it's ridiculous. This is a great joke. And then they do this wonderful bit at the end where they go through all the different colors. <laughs> that are what was your favorite? <laughs> Paisley. Paisley. I honestly like Napoleon. <laughs> Neapolitan. 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 Chuck Villa Neapolitan. Fudge Royale. Well, I don't know about Lee Press on Nails, but, you know, I, I really wish that these Lee Press on, press on Limbs were an actual product, because I know I've broken my arm off trying to put on my bra. <laughs> Why tonight? <laughs> and it's just like, you know, they keep going through all these examples of ways you would break your limb off and at the end they show all the people together who are like wearing their 
press on limbs, and they're all in the same family. Like worst family but, ever. But they worst are, family ever. Worst. <laughs> where, like where? What happened to their DNA? <laughs> the laughter. I definitely didn't notice oh. this the first time I watched it, but the dog that they're holding <laughs> barks twice, and then its head falls off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of it. And then it goes back into psychogram. Dear mom. <laughs> I can love this show. I love it so much. Okay, so from Lee Press On, Limbs, back to psychogram. To, I believe, Stick Figure Theater. Oh, I love that. I really enjoyed Stick Figure Theater. This this was my favorite part of the show. This was my favorite bit. Stick Figure Theater is is universally excellent. I loved every single one of these things that they did. I was, um, I think Which it was season was three where I was slightly let down by it because instead of doing what they usually do with stick figure theater, which is just take things and make them stick figures, is they did like a running soap opera. I think it was a real oh. soap opera, but they just kept doing a running thing with that. Well, and that wasn't is... as funny as like, this was, a, what is it? Um, a John Wayne John movie. Angel and the Badman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, I think, why this worked so well for me, is that it was, the, it was such a simple concept. A lot of these other things were really high concept and weird uh, and didn't necessarily work. But this was just like, we're just going to take the audio from this movie and <laughs> replace the video with the visuals with stick figure drawings of what's happening on the screen. And, like, for some reason, that just worked on me. It was hysterical. <laughs> oh, it's great. They And like, I love this one. My favorite one is the Hindenburg disaster. <laughs> 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 Which is how I know that um, the Hindenburg has- disaster was in Lakehurst, New Jersey. <laughs> and My. when we watched um, that new show, Timeless, and they were doing that whole bit of the Hindenburg disaster, I know that audio recording so well because I've seen stick figure theaters so many times. <laughs> oh, the humanity. You've never, you've never seen the Hindenburg crash until you've seen it in stick figure form. <laughs> Okay, now I have to write down another title because <laughs> I was just writing my favorite one was the Hindenburg disaster, and I didn't finish that. <laughs> you haven't seen. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, so yeah, Stick Figure Theater is an absolute win. I love that one. Then we move on to the two that I do not care for. The first is... Miss Lydia's Makeover to the Stars. Um, they did two of these. Uh, the second one was almost funny. Um, the first one is not funny at all. No. Uh, it's some kitschy character named Lydia trying to do computer makeovers of Sinead O'Connor. And it was it's not funny. Falls completely <laughs> flat. It's not funny. It's never been funny. It's never going to be funny. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> yeah, it, the less we talk about this one, the better. It's it's, it's hot garbage. And uh, then we move on to the hottest of hot garbage, yeah. which, I mean, all right, as a 10-year-old, I got a slight chuckle out of Miss Lydia's makeover to the stars. Yes, especially when they did um, Sinead Potato Head. Yeah, like that, that was that was kind of that funny. The, bozo the ice one. cream cone, sure. <laughs> uh, the second episode of Miss Lydia's Makeover to the Stars, uh, they did Sylvester Stallone, and okay. uh, <laughs> that's where I that is where I get the phrase that I still use to this day. Let's kill two birds with one bush. <laughs> okay. So yes, I owe Miss Lydia that. The next piece 
Art School Girls of Doom has absolutely no redeeming qualities at all whatsoever. No. I didn't get it as a kid. I don't get it now. Was it maybe it because is... the audio was so bad? No, it's not. Okay. Because I've seen it. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I don't actually know all the words to this one. I don't have this one memorized because Ugh. I would always just tune this out. I know this show backwards and forwards because this is this is my Firefly for you. Okay. This is what I used to fall asleep to every single night. Right. And Art School Girls of Doom is 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 trash. It's I don't I don't understand what it's supposed to be. I don't know what they think the joke is, but it's, it's just these two awful girls that are clearly art school girls what, going no, out what, and what being makes horrible. You say that? Because it's called Art School Girls oh. of Doom. That is the only connection. Okay. That is literally the only thing that makes me guess because that I, these two things are anything but a pair of prostitutes. That's what I'm telling. That's what I'm trying to say. They are more prostitute than art school girl. That's it. Yeah. This is a, is a piece of shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a piece of shit. But then they then they end the episode on uh, the second half of Grinning Evil Death, which was the actual I, killing. I love, of the, yeah, the actual killing of the bug and the killing of Captain Sarcastic, and yeah, <sighs> ends ends on a high note. Cause, ends on a high note. Yeah, um, like I said before, this show really caught its stride in season two. Mm. Season two has so much great stuff like almost everything in season two is is a hit in some way shape or form there is nothing in season two that you can look at and say i don't at least understand why this is here the worst recurring bit in season two is a series called dog boy which is just bad uh, it's a live action but everyone has plastic hair uh it's a funny oh, premise that. where the, the the premise is is kind of funny it's about a guy who gets into an accident and uh, he needs a heart transplant, so they put a dog's heart into him, so he starts acting like, you know, half dude, half dog. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a funny premise, I suppose. But the show is is bad, and it's in every episode of the second season. It is in every single one. But outside of that, the show really hit its stride. But there's some really great stuff to be seen in season one as well, and it's a very... This is an important and interesting piece of television, especially when you consider where MTV went from here. Right. And this show in particular, I mean, this show is not exclusively where some of these things came from, but this is what introduced the world at large to Jan Flux, Beavis and Butthead, and Office Space would probably be the three biggest ones. What, the I Max mean, came out of here as well, didn't it? The Max was MTV's oddities. Oh, I always thought it was liquid television. I believe the head had some sort of connection to Liquid Television, and The Head was the first show that got a full season as MTV's Oddities. Okay. And then the second season of MTV's Oddities was The Max. Third season was season two of The Head, and that was the end of that. (laughs) That was the end of that. But this was, I mean, this was MTV's, one of their first forays into just playing something other than music videos. It's This is what started turning MTV into what it is today. Because it's yeah, not to an extent, yeah. It's not music. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, music videos. This is when it first started dipping its toes into something other. I mean, granted, this is this was way better than the shit that they put on now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the real catalyst for what MTV is now is the real world. Real world. 
But, I mean, even then, if you want to talk original real world, that was an interesting TV show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because that was... Re- that was actual reality television. That was a bunch of people in a room and people were filming them. There wasn't a category of reality TV. There wasn't any sort of... There actually wasn't actu- scripting in that. It yeah. actually was reality. Yeah, it was literally just we put these people in a room and we filmed them. The end. And that was an interesting show. Uh, and then things blossomed from there. <laughs> but yeah, Liquid Television is... I, I wish it was easier for people to see, because if you are a, a, a fan of animation for animation's sake, this show will interest you to no end, because it's fascinating it, the way it goes from so many different styles of animation, so many different artists doing so many different things, and a lot of it is hit or miss, but that's the nature of a lot of short film, and this was such a great collection of that stuff. Um and I'm really glad that I got to share at least some of it with the two of you. I'll probably revisit this again before we stop doing this show, um, <laughs> which who the hell knows when that'll be, uh, when we're like 90 or whatever. But yeah. I will probably revisit this at least once, and I promise the next episode we watch will be one that is fully entertaining and not just important. <laughs> but I thought that this this show... For as flawed as this episode is, is a great introduction to what this show is about. And that's all I have to say about it. Well, fantastic. I know it sounded like I didn't like this. I don't think that's an accurate assessment of my, you know, feeling about it. I will say I, th- one of my favorite things about this is the title. Because what I was... Uh, I, was trying to say earlier but the baby was squirming i'm holding her by the way um to try keep her quiet little inside baseball for all you behind the fourth uh, listeners (laughs) um but (laughs) what what i was realizing as i was watching it is that the title of the show really means something um i felt like it was a good reference to the experimental nature the fluid nature of the show it was like it had a lot of different elements of what is in television now this animation and weird humor and all these different things and they were sort of in a liquid form and like Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like a a, you know solid state tv show it was it's this weird kind of fluid thing that people were just kind of like mixing up different like almost like you know when you're a kid i don't know if you guys did this when you're a kid or if this is just me but you go in, in the bathroom and pull all the battle bottles out from under the sink and make like a weird potion <laughs> yep yeah we did, i did that yeah that that was like that's that's how they made the show they just poured mm. like you know a little half half cup of bubble bath and uh, some some cleaning liquid or whatever you know they just poured a bunch of different shit in and it, it was always I, from what i understand about the show it was always came out different and yeah every episode is completely different honestly it's it's part of it has a lot to do with my feelings on our website i mean it's basically just it's a forum for people to do things that to to get things that they care about out even if they don't necessarily have anything to do with one another the collect the connective tissue for everything in liquid television is that they were all done with love mm-hmm. like these are all labors of love for the people that were involved like everyone who did one of these things they believed in what they were doing but there's there was no place to show short form animation 
on television. You know, it's not like they do shorts in front of movies or anything like that anymore. Right. It was, and this was pre YouTube. So this was a creative outlet for people that were making these short form things of animation to get on MTV on a major network at the, like not a major network, but you know, cause they were really young at the time, but a cable network that was, had a lot of attention and, um, a, yeah, this was YouTube major, before YouTube. <laughs> major yeah, that's television ex- station. Yeah. That's exactly what uh, the other thing that occurred to me while watching this is that this would be a YouTube series today. today. And it is. Um, I believe Liquid TV is something that MTV has relaunched as a YouTube series. Um, I haven't watched any of it. Uh, I know they've tried to reboot Liquid, the Liquid Television brand a lot over the years, and I don't know that any of it has stuck. And I haven't really followed a lot of it because as soon as I see it and it's not like my inability to watch, like I just want to be able to watch these episodes as they aired with all the connective tissue. And that's what I want before anything else. And MTV's done a ton of different experiments. Like they had a show called Liquid Extract where they had some great new shorts peppered in with some old shorts from Liquid Television, including this amazing piece where there was a giant piece of broccoli on Jeopardy. (laughs) Is that where that's from? Preposterous. I... I have that in my brain as something I remember, but I couldn't couldn't tell you where where I saw it. Yeah, uh, and like you know, um, um, was it Office Space in the original Office Space animated short from Mike Judge that mm-hmm. turned into the movie Office Space that also aired on Saturday Night Live? But I don't know for sure. I think it was on Liquid Television first. Um, I don't remember, but I mean, this is this is a crazy piece of television history. And it is so completely lost in time. It is unobtainable yeah. um, in any sort of real high-quality format, which is really heartbreaking to me. And much like it's similar to stuff like The State or Ali, without extraordinary effort on the original creator's parts, uh, it's just completely lost, um, which is sad. It is. It is. I, I remember when you said that you wanted to do this, I went looking via nefarious means, and I'm actually doing it right now as you're talking. It's non-existent. I found, I found the one, and that was it. Everything else is the best of or that um, mm-hmm. the, the wet shorts. Yeah, that, that, which is the same as the best of. It's just both of them together. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, I tell you, I have somewhere in my closet, I have the entire series recorded off MTV that I recorded during uh, one of their marathons where they played all three seasons back to back to back. I have every episode except the first episode of the second season, and I also have the DVD. So, and I'm pretty sure my VHS copies are in better shape than the ones that uh, Evan was able to find online. So, uh... We're going to see what we can do with those <laughs> Whoa, as, as, as a favor to you, the public. I'm not saying what we're going to do with those because we don't do anything illegal here. Absolutely I'm not. just saying we're going to see what we can do with them. Mm-hmm. Ta-da. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Geekade's 31 Days of Halloween has been having fun with Geekade's Scariest Moments, wherein different staff members describe the thing, be it movie, TV show, video game, book, or whatever that has scared them the most. 
This week's episode's Karen Randazzo got in on the fun. That's me. <laughs> got in on the fun talking about her early screening experience with a legendary horror movie. Check out Geek Aid's scariest moments, The Blair Witch Project. Geek Aid's Twilight Zone podcast has returned for season two. Brandon Cruz of Apathetic Enthusiasm fame is back every Sunday to bring you his episode-by-episode podcast about one of the most influential TV series of all time. Join Brandon and guest Dr. Steve Cronert Ellerhoff for Submitted for Your Approval Season 2, Episode 1, King Nine Will Not Return. Thank you for not making me read that name. Oh, you're welcome. Chris's YouTube series, Into the Vault, gets in on the 31 Days of Halloween fun with an episode about some of the strange things related to the Resident Evil franchise. Because what's better at getting you in the mood to kill zombies than a tiny toolkit and a burlap sack? Don't miss Into the Vault, Resident Evil pre-orders. What happens when one of GeekAid's entertainment writers teams up with their sports writers? You get an article about baseball movies. Chip Garrison and Dave DiOrio each made their own starting lineup teams comprised entirely of baseball movies, and the resulting lists are quite something. Head over to the Think Tank and check out a fantasy lineup of baseball films to watch in October. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. I know. So, thanks for checking out our commercials. You're welcome. I appreciate oh, it. That wasn't direct. Oh, that wasn't direct. Me. No, it wasn't. Uh, so let's ch- let's talk about some news. Uh, I'm just gonna reference an older news article that I covered last week, but I felt like you wanted to say something about it, Chris. Yeah. That the tick got its season. Yay! Right. I, I, I'm super food. happy about that. I just recently actually watched the pilot episode thing, and I was really impressed. Right. By they, it. they did. Oh, I I also had something to say about this. Okay. Peter Serafinowitz. I don't know what that means. You were, you, it was the guy's name <laughs> oh, that plays the tick. Me. You were having trouble pronouncing it on the show last week. And then I remembered seeing that you typed that and you, you got to jab in without even being on the show. Good job. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just feel like, I don't know. We should get, we should get these things right. <laughs> Whatever. The dude, I gave references. Whomever I was talking to knew who I was talking about. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Peter Serafinowicz is used to people mispronouncing. Peter Skarsgård, right? That's something to that effect. People, mm-hmm. Speaking of people, we can't pronounce their names. <laughs> oh yeah, actually. What did I do now? Oh goodness. No. No, I, the, the I next, chose this article. Okay. Yes. So, <sighs> Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most pronounceable names uh, in pop culture. All right. Oh, sorry. James uh, Yes, Olsen. he's not Jimmy anymore. Nah. Mr. Olsen. Actually, I'm going to... Makad. I'm going to say the... Makad. Makad Brooks, uh, the guy who plays Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl, is apparently going to be getting into costume. Can can we just say I don't know if we've actually said this on the show before, but Supergirl is freaking great. It is. We haven't because we didn't finish it before we went on our our little leave. And you want yeah. you, you caught. That's one of the things we did is caught up on Supergirl. And isn't it good? We were Holy wrong. <laughs> Remember, we left off 
on episode three. Yes. And episode four, I watched on a just on a whim where I had a little time to kill by myself, and I had Netflix open. I was like, yeah, Supergirl's on here. Let me just look at episode four. I want to see what happened with Martian Manhunter, because I know it looks neat. Yep. Episode four was the episode that would have hooked us. There it is. And we watched it when I went, I watched a couple episodes, and I was like, Karen, we need to start watching Supergirl. <laughs> and we watched episode four, and they did that little tiny twinge at the end with, like, the mystery of her dad. And I was like, I was like oh, shit, that is interesting. All right. And then Son of a bitch. it got great. And then it, it, it's, it got great. And it has been, the move to CW has been great for this show. Now, have you it's, seen the CW episodes? Yeah, yes. we've actually been watching them live. Okay, okay. Um, I feel that the special effects are better. And the tone Although of the show is it's better. it's interesting, uh, we were noting last night when we were watching it that, like, they use um, Martian Manhunter's special effects sparingly, mm-hmm. I think, because probably CW has a smaller budget. Well, I'm talking mm-hmm. about, like, the flying Yeah, stuff. no, that stuff's all... It's, it's not just that it looks better, it's that it's more well choreographed. Yes, yes. It's, like, the fight scenes and whatnot, all of their... The effects of them fighting, mm-hmm. they look great. And holy crap, can I... Can we just pay attention to the fact that we just had a wonderful, smiling, heroic Superman dashing around he saving the day perfect. in daylight. He was perfect. He was okay. perfect. The only thing that I did not like was how his cape connected to his costume, but other than yeah, that... the little buckles on his shoulders were a little <laughs> odd, but yeah, other than, other that, than that, yeah, he was great. Perfect. <laughs> he smiled, yeah. he was happy, he was fucking charming. He <laughs> winked at that dude. Like, that was great. <laughs> Overall, I think that, that, you know, I agree. The first season did get really good. And then I think that the transition to CW has also been really great. Mm-hmm. The one problem I have is that Kara decided not to get involved with James. Like, girl, are you blind? <laughs> <laughs> get like what what is with those glasses she needs to get new ones or something because there's no way you could look at that man and just be like no no we should be friends no i agree he's a sexy hunk of man meat but i am very glad that the two of them didn't get together because that was that relationship was dead fish yeah there was nothing i don't feel there is any chemistry like romantic chemistry there was more romantic chemistry between her and the flash I'm not. Yes, that's true. They were very flirty, and that's very cute. I'm not saying I think the relationship would work. I'm just uh, saying I don't buy any human <laughs> woman looking at that man and being like, "No." I guess that's just not what works for Kryptonians, you know? Okay. All right. That's. <laughs> In fact, nah, I'm not gonna break me off a piece of that. <laughs> All right. So, other other than the fact that we're not pleased with her choice of relationships, the show is really good. Like, yeah, it's the right move to be on CW. Now we're going to get more crossover shit. Uh, it's just a win all around. It is. And a gl- win. I'm gl- Works at the DEO now. <laughs> um, which is where he should have worked from the beginning. Yeah. Can't wait to get him and Cisco in a room together. It's going to be. Oh, gonna my be God. Awesome. That's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> when he met Superman, that was so great. <laughs> <gasps> I have so many questions. (laughs) And the last episode I watched, when it starts with um, Kat screaming for Miss Tessmacher, Mm -hmm. I got a little chill (laughs) up my my back. (laughs) I was like, finally, Miss Tessmacher getting her her shot. Um, (laughs) 
Karen and I are both shrugging our shoulders. We have no idea what we're talking about. Okay, so in I mean, I Superman know that is two or one, Miss Tessmacher. Oh, from the Donner movies? Yes. I don't like those movies. All right, so. I know, I'm one of like four people the on Earth. The Simpsons that not that joins great. a <laughs> extremely rare group. <laughs> Apparently so rare that there's only one other show in this club. Um, yeah, it's a Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. So, 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 <laughs> Simpsons and Gunsmoke both have had six hundred plus episodes. There you go. I, I, I was kind of surprised. You were so busy figuring out whether or not you could, you didn't stop <laughs> to think if you should. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Does this also say they made a joke about Almer, Arnold? Arnold? Oh, I cannot. Say Arnold this guy's Palmer. Name. Yes. The night he died? <laughs> I don't think they did it on purpose. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just real that, unfortunate. That's time. really bad timing. Yikes. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, so Simpsons is still on TV. Still sure is. spitting out episodes. Chugging along. Um, I believe farting out episodes yeah. is the right. The Halloween episode's coming up soon, right? That's a, that, is, that the, is that their 600th yeah. episode? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yay. Good for them. Yeah. I, I don't remember when I stopped watching The Simpsons. I really don't. Um, it was a long time ago. So, <laughs> moving over to the digital landscape with some... Uh, oh, wait, you missed the AMC one. Oh. Oh, well, excuse me. I didn't realize we were doing these in some semblance of order. My, oh, I thought you just skipped over because <laughs> okay. there wasn't an actual link in there. It didn't... Okay, it's well, a fun little pop-up thing. Well, mine, when I click on it, says ad blocker interference detected, so I am not clicking on that again. <laughs> the, the the story here is is that Walking Dead was renewed for season eight before season seven started airing. Okay. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out on Sunday whether we're not whether or not we're still watching this show. Okay, so yeah. No, my question for you, <laughs> seeing as I am not in it, you're out. I'm out. Like, I, I, I don't care. Okay, it's not that I'm completely out. Like, I just it's it's either way. For you as fans, who are acceptable kills? I don't care who they kill, but they better tell me who they killed. Okay, so yeah. that's the get. It needs to be yeah. first episode bat to head. Doesn't matter I, who. Yeah, I want By the to end know. of the first episode, I need to know who died. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that like we discussed this when the when the season six ended, that cliffhanger was super cheap yes. and yeah. pissed a lot of people off. So so even if it, even if it's some like whether how many how many characters were on the ground? I don't know. Like All of them. I don't. I, I honestly like I would be sad if it was Michonne or Daryl, <laughs> but look, anybody kill. Anybody. That's okay. the point of this show, is anybody can go at any time. And really, the bigger name character, the more meaningful it is. But the fact that they've already cheapened it with this cheap-ass cliffhanger... Soils it. Got it. it there's, um, yeah. there's a teaser, a few minutes of, of footage of the first episode that I won't, you know, and I don't want to give out spoilers for stuff that hasn't aired yet. But if you watch these, these this clip... You can tell a couple of people who it's not. Yeah. And you can also, like, this is what scares me about that episode, is that that's the shot. You walks away, and you see 
like a bit of smashed head on the ground and it's so horribly mangled that you can't tell who it is and i swear to christ if that's what we get from the episode is something that is so completely destroyed that we can't tell who it is yet like oh but we showed the body come back next week i'm like no i'm not coming back next week (laughs) get bent (laughs) suck a dick show (laughs) okay I'm kind of I'm kind of scared for some reason. <laughs> I really hope they show a killing because <laughs> I feel that our Slack chat will go nuts if that does not happen. I don't even know if we, we don't have cable, so yeah, I don't even know gonna... how we're watching this yet. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be watching football that night anyway. Oh, that's yeah. true. All right, moving I'll, on. I'll read about um, it the next day. I do like this next story about Netflix. Um, it is reported that was it. Third, <laughs> something crazy like that. Like they are spending more money on programming than just about everybody, which is great. Um, because their programming is great. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I like <laughs> Netflix and Amazon spent as much on programming as Germany. <laughs> <laughs> That's a poorly written sentence. Because like now I want to know. Like, does Germany cost? billion? (laughs) Like, is that what that sentence is trying to say? But anyway. I'm I'm assuming it's what Germany spends on programming. What Germany spent on programming, (laughs) which is how it should have been written. But anyway, Um, I won't uh, criticize this poor variety writer anymore. (laughs) Sorry, John Hopewell. (laughs) John Hopewell, big fan of the show. Yes, big, big fan of the show. Um, They are, like, the, the tops are Disney and NBC, Upwards of twelve, eleven, and twelve billion dollars. Okay, on their, on their programming, Netflix is and Amazon are right. I guess they're at, I, I guess they're putting the two of them together. But that's just did. I guess it's the the category is just digital programming, which is great. I, I, I it's, they're doing it right, but it shows that they're 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 putting forth the proper amounts of money to make it a thing now. And with a later story that we'll hit we'll touch upon in a minute, they're doing it right. And yet the this country still does not recognize digital platforms as like a legitimate thing. Have you uh, I swear this country is like Nintendo. <laughs> Have you guys? Remember the whole last generation where Nintendo was just like, "Ah, eh, the internet. Who needs that?" <laughs> did you guys download the CW app in any way? Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did it's on my phone and I had my to watch iPad. that Fight Club card commercial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the app is is. Uh, I have it on. Uh, on uh, fortunately enough, I have one of the newer versions, of Apple TV, so I have the app on there. The it, commercials and everything is fine. Um, but what I did notice is as I was setting it up, it, there was the option to opt in or opt out of Nielsen ratings. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which That's neat. is a step in the right direction because yeah. hmm. I, I opt in every time I click on one of their shows and watch it, it gets a, it gets a Nielsen report saying that me watched this. Me watched this. <laughs> Me am Superman. <laughs> and that, so far, is the only application to do that. 
So I'm yeah. I'm hoping yeah, it's a it's neat. a start. It's it, it's a step in the right direction. That sounds like it. Yeah, I've I've only used it like on our Apple TV is older, so we don't have it on that yet. Yeah, it's not there yet. So I've used it on my di- on my mobile devices, and it works fine on that on on both of them. Mm-hmm. But um, trying to mirror it to the Apple TV, I think it's our Wi-Fi. The no, strength I, of our Wi-Fi that sucks. I but don't think it's they not do. Great. I don't think they allow it. Well, they oh, do allow no, it. No, they You've allow it. it. It just oh. gets choppy. Really? It gets real choppy and out of sync. What makes me think that it's not necessarily the Wi-Fi is that it does it in such a strange manner. Like it's... it's Like it's the app itself. It I feel like yeah, there's something yeah, something in the app that's not really it doing is, it It's properly. not built to do that. Yeah. It is a brand new app. That's, Give it yeah. some time. I mean, everything oh, is there. I'm fine watching stuff on my iPad, honestly. Um, I did notice that they were doing a couple of the shows. I can't remember which ones with the rotating five, which I thought that was not the stance that they were going to be going with. I thought it was just going to be all available. But the shows that I wanted to watch, they were all there. Like I got to watch all of small uh, Supergirl or the rest mm-hmm. of it and then the new season. So it, it it's giving me my CW fix, which is great yeah it's nice yeah we thought we were gonna have to quit a lot of stuff and then this happened and now yeah, we don't which is quite nice which, we are i mean yeah because not only do we watch all the superhero shows that we've talked about on this show before but over like the summer hiatus we caught up on supergirl mm-hmm. i um watched all the two seasons in existence of jane the virgin and the one one season that exists of uh, crazy ex-girlfriend so like <laughs> Everything I watch is on the CW, and if I couldn't get CW, I would have nothing. And Netflix yeah. still has that deal where eight days after the finale the, of the, the CW, season's over, yeah, they they dump the whole season on there, which I, is pretty snazzy. I did start watching season eleven of Supernatural, so halfway through that. Have fun bed, with that. Halfway through that bad boy. That's it, it's a bit it's a bit of a rough ride, but if you love Supernatural, you're not going to care. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, next up. Law and Order SVU. Are either one of you fans of this show? Not really. Okay, so. Not anymore, no. I, uh, sorry, not anymore. I mean, I'm a huge original Law and Order fan. I dug SVU for a little while, but. Okay, I didn't know if it, SVU does what the original show doesn't, which is make the show about the characters on the show instead of about the case more than anything. Apparently, and it's you know. Apparently, they did a Trump-themed episode. And they, yeah. they put it on the shelf for a little while. I don't think they did it. All right. They they may have done the episode with a loud-mouthed candidate. Like, mm-hmm. but the fact that it <laughs> their candidate is brought up on uh, sexual misconduct accusations. Yeah. Right they... before this whole thing went down with Trump. So they said, well, <laughs> let's hold off for a little bit. Yeah. So they're going to well, air it. After the election is over, so that um, so they can't be further accused by Trump of rigging the election with entertainment shows. Yeah, like seriously, the fact that he's like, oh, at Saturday Night Live is rigging the election. How? (laughs) Explain to me how they're rigging the election by making fun of you on a comedy show. I I I can't anyway. I'm not going to get political on this show. The other thing that I find is funny is that uh, SVU is an NBC show. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, since I'm home with the baby, I'm watching the morning shows. Um, and 
every day when they report about this whole, you know, Billy Bush thing and the the tapes, the Access Hollywood tapes that were released, when they talk about it, they say the tapes, which are owned by NBC Universal. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they have to acknowledge their their role in this whole scandal. (laughs) So no, it's no wonder to me that when the when uh, this story broke that they were like, hey, SVU, you know that episode? You have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) You have to wait. (laughs) All right. um, Karen, I feel like this next story may may be closer to your heart than either mine or Chris's. Apparently, football television watching is, is, is dropping. Apparently, yeah. it's been thrust into a crisis. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand um, the way mo- I think most people watch sports these days, or, or at least the NFL, because I feel like a lot of people watch it for their fantasy yeah. teams, and so they want to you know, know what's happening in all the games and see all the biggest players and blah, 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 blah. And as this article is saying, like, a lot of the big guys are hurt and the games aren't that good, which I feel like has to have an effect on people's fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. I personally just watch football because I like to watch the team that I like and I watch them win or lose every week and just regardless of what players are on the team. But the more football fans that I talk to about watching football, it seems like most people are like, yeah, I, I don't I mean, I like my team and whatever, but I need a, a, a fantasy is like, yeah, you, huge. you are in the minority now. Yeah. Which is, we've actually had a couple of really interesting articles written by both of our sports writers on Geekade about how fantasy is ruining mm-hmm. football. <laughs> like it's, I, I have never been a football fan as a person growing as, as a person on this earth, but I enjoy watching football with Karen. She's kind of gotten me interested in it. It's I'm invested in the Steelers. Like it's interesting to watch. Um, it, but man, listening to people talk about fantasy football is like, it's scary. And I'm not saying that I would, if, if somebody wanted to write about fantasy football in a passionate way, on our website, I wouldn't tell them not to. Um, when our sports writers contacted me saying that they both wanted to do pieces about fantasy football, I was really interested to hear what they were going to have to say. And the fact that they were both decrying it because they're fans of watching the sport itself and not this whole fantasy stuff uh, was really interesting to me because I guess I was under the impression that everybody prefers fantasy football except for like a very select few and it's turns out that it's not really the case and i almost feel like that might have an effect on a lot of people is that they don't want to watch football because they don't want to get hit over the head with all these like they don't have anybody to watch it with per se Mm -hmm. like maybe that's having some of an effect on it well i don't know i I, it's also difficult to you know the the legality of like watching your team and uh i mean there's the cable there's a cable service called Red Zone I think that's on Verizon and Comcast mm-hmm. where anytime any game gets within 20 yards of the end zone they show you that game until that you know until that situation plays out and they'll switch back and forth between all these different games and that I guess shows you the most exciting parts of the game but like you do lose 
the thread the rest of the really, game <laughs> yeah you can't really like follow what's going on in the game as a whole yeah you lose the i mean like and i can't believe i'm actually about to say these words but you lose the drive and the drive is the interesting thing yes. watching them get from one end of the field to the other is the interesting part like yeah. whether or not they get the touchdown that's also really interesting but seeing how they get there that's where some of the coolest stuff happens wow. exactly and, you know, there there are all sorts of plays that happen outside of the red zone that are interesting, too. Mm. And so that's one way to watch. And then the other way to another way to watch is whatever local game is airing, which is great for you if you live in the area where the team that you like it is located, right. which is but not otherwise, which is not my case. And I feel like a lot. I mean, it's certainly a lot of, you know, local people root for their hometown mm-hmm. team. But there's, I feel like, just as many people who come from somewhere else and like a team that's not local and get the chance to only see their team play once or twice a year on, you know, whatever random other game that is picked up by that that uh, that area that mm-hmm. at that time. And then there's DirecTV subscribers. And that's, you know, if you can afford to subscribe to DirecTV and if you live somewhere where you can get a clear signal, then you can get and you like can get the football package. Then you're in the ideal spot of getting to watch everything your team. Yeah. But I feel like that being such a kind of a select thing that only, you know, that not Mm -hmm. isn't available to everybody Mm -hmm. that cuts down on the amount of people who watch football the way we're saying like that we do with following one team through the season rather than paying attention to the whole league and stats and players and blah, 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 which please let me say, I don't think that's an invalid way to watch sports. You do you, man. Whatever you, the, whatever you like, you like. I'm just saying that that's not how I watch my game, and I feel like that that the prevalence of fantasy and how big it's gotten is definitely what's had an effect on the v- traditional ratings viewership of football. The Directv thing you brought up is really interesting. I'd like to see how that correlates to ratings in relation to when that deal happened. Because I know that mm-hmm. wasn't always the case. And then DirecTV mm-hmm. got that big get where they're like, ha-ha, you want to watch football? You need DirecTV. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, NFL has is really rife with those kinds of deals. I mean, not to segue entirely into video games here, but that was a really, really big deal back in the day. Uh, anybody could make an NFL game if they got the NFL license. And then Electronic Arts said, we will pay you all of the money so that nobody else can make football games. And because they were they were starting to have competition, Electronic Arts makes the Madden football mm-hmm. games. And then uh, Sega was making these NFL 2K games. And one year, uh, where a traditional video uh, football game would cost $60, one year um, Sega said, screw it. Our game is $20, and we're making it 20 bucks because we think we have the best game out there. And it outsold Madden by a ton. And so Electronic Arts said, fine, we're buying football. And they gave them a shit ton of money, and nobody else was allowed to use the the NFL license. And it's been that way ever since. There is absolutely no competition for football games because nobody else is allowed to make them with the NFL license. And it's... uh, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's. I feel like it's the same way with uh, with viewing football, it, it, and that has to have a huge effect because not everybody has Directv, 
And it's like, all right, well, it's either that or go to a bar that has direct TV because, you know, bar sports bars and whatnot, they have direct TV. And uh, that's where you go to watch the game or whatever, because that's your only option. Well, the th- Assuming and that is an option for you. Exactly. The thing with networks so, is when they make a deal for football, it's a multi-year deal. Like, I think the mm-hmm. average was till like uh, 2022 is what the article said. And the, the the point of this article is that the the ratings are in a steady decline. It's on the for the past couple of years, it's been on the average ten percent decline declination every year. Now this year, it's a little bit more than that, but they're coming up with reasons like, well, it's an election year, and there's a lot of this and a lot of that, and the you know the major sports stars they're hurt, so on and so forth. So they're getting hit a little bit harder. But the fact still remains is that year after year. It drops 10%. Yeah. And a lot of these networks are, are on the hook for another five years, five, six years, that they have, they're paying tens of billions of dollars just to, just to show football games. The, the problem is, is that they're not getting the advertising dollars to cover that. They are. They are saying that it's a, it's a it's still an okay deal for us because the the football games get people to watch the other shows that are on our network, and we still get the advertising revenue from them, even though the big advertisers aren't buying the space on a, on a football game. They're still buying it on the show right after the game, mm-hmm. which is it. It seems to be a very slippery slope. If this the system doesn't change to incorporate the fantasy football in all of the watchers it's it's going to fail and it's in the process of failing we're granted relatively slowly but it is going away you know eventually 10 turns into 20 percent 20 into 50 so on and so forth and then and only they tell 10 friends and they tell <laughs> 10 friends <laughs> And so on and so on. So basically, the NFL just needs to get their act together and make an NFL app. Yeah. And that's their own thing, and you buy the NFL app, and there it is. For anybody who wants to buy this app, they can watch any game they want, and they can charge whatever they want for their ad revenue. It doesn't have to go through any networks. It's just run by the NFL. There, I solved your problem. I didn't and, solve the network's problem, but I solved the NFL's problem. I, I and, and I wish this is one of those times. I wish this was a video podcast. So you could have seen my face when he was talking about that. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. I'm in. Here's all of my money. You can shut up and take my money. You just buy a la carte. I want the Steelers and the Jets package, and that's it. No other games. Nobody wants the Jets package. That's not true. A couple of guys in my job. They really like. I don't know why. All right. So does my brother-in-law. <laughs> it's really Poor easy bastard. To spell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, we may have mentioned boy. this earlier. Um, I guess I can't even remember when we talked about canceled shows. But I saw this little article. I I guess I may have said you know something. <laughs> the thematic element, but I was like, all of these break my heart. And your response was, well, I don't know about heartbroken. <laughs> okay, Muppets. We talked about that ad nauseum. Yes. Let's let's look at this thing. Uh, House of Lies. Didn't that like run for a couple of years? Yes. Like I was pretty sure House of Lies had an okay run. So that's like that's not heartbreaking. It ran for a couple of years, and it freed up Kristen Bell to do that awesome new 
the the Good Place show, which is really funny. Okay. Freaking person of interest ended. That was on for like 35 years. <laughs> How can you be said, oh, this show got canceled. It wasn't cut down in its prime. Next. Screw you, article. <laughs> Next. Rush Hour, CBS. No, nah, I don't think so. I didn't even realize that was a television <laughs> show. <laughs> I, I was not surprised at all when it got canceled. Uh, I didn't hear anything good about Undateable. Um this article right here saying it's brilliantly funny is the first good thing I heard anyone say about Undateable. So congratulations. The Grinder straight up heartbroken. That, is that show is so sad that that got canceled. Uh, grandfathered, I know you dug it. I, I didn't it. think it was all that interesting, but you know, I'm surprised it didn't get renewed. But all right. Uh, Agent Carter, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. That's that's a damn shame. Castle, another show. I mean, yeah, it's sad that it ended, but it was on for like 87 years. Eight seasons, yeah. Eight it, seasons? It had, a, it had a run. That's a run right there. That is that is good for a television show. So, you know, I can't say, like again, not cut down in its prime. Like, that show had run its course. They were doing an amnesia story arc, for crying out loud. Like, they, they had they been there. They were just shy had of bringing that. on the new child in their life. I know. <laughs> like the friggin' alien was going to start flopping around his head or something. And, th- and that was it. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. Nine recently canceled show that diehard How fans couldn't see. How about well, this? They're nine recently canceled show. All right. Yes. Now, Karen, you posted this, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a little niche story, but, okay. you know, you got you to gotta give me a little I'll, one for I'll, my return to the show. I'll give it to you. Cowboy Mouth. Filmed Everybody it. loves Jill. <laughs> Filming pilot for possible TV series. Yeah. Now, what? in fairness, I found I found this story uh, on Twitter, having been tweeted by the band's Twitter account. Okay. So, like, I'm not saying this is like a wide, wide appeal story, but well, it has been shared 1.7 thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us who have heard of this band, it's a, a New Orleans-based um, country rock uh, funk band uh, called Cowboy Mouth. Um, they've been around for 20 plus years. Uh, they are one of the best live shows you'll ever see in your life. Okay. And apparently on their on tour this year they filmed a pilot for which they are shopping around and apparently have some interest in for possibly turning it into a docu series just about their lives on the road. Oh, okay. Which I for one would watch the hell out of. If it has the music uh, in, I would definitely check that out as well. The music is great um and the frontman uh is is also the drummer which is uh not something you see every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a unique stage setup. It's yeah. It's really. Yeah. Dude has some charisma. <laughs> the and picture they that insist like they actually insist that you dance. The uh, the you picture do not that have you, a choice. That they paired with this story gives you some idea of what he's like. The drum kit is at the front of the stage. He's got a mic stand, which uh, like the arm of it is really um i can't think of words i'm sorry i just had a baby (laughs) but he can get it out of the way really fast um so he can stand up and like engage with the crowd and chris is right we've seen them live several times me more than him um when they start out the show they get everybody kind of like up to the front of the stage and clapping and going 
And then he, like, after, you know, a couple of minutes of stage banter, actually leaves the kit, leaves the stage, walks down into the crowd, goes into the back where people are just kind of hanging around the edges and being like, all right, this is cool. And he'll, like, grab somebody and make them stand on a table and clap their hands and, like, not humiliate them, but, you know. Accost like put in the, funness. Put them on the spot and, you know, be like, you know, you're going to get up off your ass and have a good time. And that's what they're all about. Out. and that that sort of level of engagement with the audience i i think would make for really interesting tv so one of the i think the last time i saw them i remember him saying like look i'm a big fat sweaty guy behind a drum kit there's no one out there that's gonna look dumber than me <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, that's that the thing. sounds it's like just, fred it's just they he he gets the audience to say like look you are here to dance and have a good time that's what we're doing whether you like it or not <laughs> it was I, th- I think there was a point where he was not going to move forward in the song that they were playing they were just going to keep playing this loop until everybody was dancing <laughs> it was clapping for or something like that it was, minutes <laughs> it was it, they're, they're an outstanding band to see i will have to check them out absolutely you will uh, they come. They'll probably they come to New York every uh, like February. So uh, when they come around early next year, I'll let you know if you want to come with me and my friend that go every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bring a red spoon. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Got it. Me too. Are we good? Feel good for our guys, return episode. We made it. Yes. We made it. We did it. We yep. did. High five from Thank across you, the Ellie. state. Ellie, good job. Karen, you didn't do too shabby yourself. Chris, spot on. Perfect. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I feel good about this. Um, Okay, so let's do... Chris, you got your outro? I do. All right, do the outro, and then I'll announce next week's episode. Okay. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can even find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this or any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Uh, it's like It's like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket. I've missed that. All right, so I don't know if you guys were paying attention whilst you were away to the episodes that I did with. A... I listened to every single one, okay. and thank you to all of our guests for filling in. Yes, really thank good you. fun thank shows. <laughs> Please check them out if you haven't already. Um, during one of the episodes, I had uh, I had Jonathan on, and we were we were talking about Smallville. Okay, so I, I, for some reason. I must have typed Smallville into my computer and then Big Brother watches and it started filling my Facebook stuff with other, I guess, Smallville-related articles. And it brought to my attention the show Impastor. So, for next week, we are going to watch Impastor Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. 
Now, the reason it's tied to Smallville, because... It's a TV land show. It is a TV land show that stars Lex in a comedic role. Huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sure. All right. So, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Lee, press on limbs. Good night. (laughs) And this concludes our broadcast day.